So we're going to look at selective verses throughout this sixth chapter, but I wanted to just kind of highlight those. Um, I'm, I'm going to start out with a little controversial illustration here. Um, some of you are going to judge me. I'm prepared for that. I've shut down my email, turned off the phone. It's not that bad, really. When I was coming up, we had cats and dogs. Um, I know some of you are cat people, some of you are dog people, some of you are both people. But I made some observations about cats and dogs. Um, first of all, let me say I really love my dog. I'm, a, I'm, I'm really a dog guy. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not exceptionally... I won't kick them, and I won't throw them, and I will feed them. But they're, they're not my favorite creatures that God has made. They're not in the... They're, Top five, okay, so that you won't write me. Um, but, but listen, cats, cats just don't care about much of anything except cats. The, and I noticed that the cats that we had, the cats that we had had one interest in mind and one interest only, and that was that I opened up a can of food and put it in a plate. Other than that, the cat had no real use for me. Amen? Amen. My dog, on the other hand, I could throw a stick till the dog dies. He'll go fetch it. I could jump in the water. He'll jump in after me. If I get in the bed, he now wants to curl up in the bed with me. If I walk, he wants to walk. If I'm in a room, he wants to be in the room where I am. You see, my dog loves me. He doesn't care what we're doing. He just loves being with me. The cat, I go into the room, it leaves. You see, the cat only wants something from my hand. Much of what Jesus is saying here is that these people really just want something from his hand, and he wants to offer him himself. And even this morning in this promise of being the bread of life for us, he is saying your idea of who I am, your need for who I am, your want for who I am, it may be something that's much larger than just what you receive from me. It may be what he wants from you and I. So we start with this uh, 26 verse when he says, When he found them on the other side of the sea, he said to them, Rabbi, where did, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you're seeking me not because you saw signs, in other words, signs of being the Messiah, but you are seeking me because you got your fill of loaves and you want something more from my hand. I added that last part. But he gives us this command, Do not work for food that perishes, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Now look at what he's, he's done. He's given a command. Here's how you're to live. Your whole worldview is to change. Your whole paradigm must shift from, I've got to get, I've got to get, I've got to get, to I've got to receive, I've got to receive, I've got to receive. That something bigger is happening here than just my fleshly life. Jesus instructs, don't spend 
all of your energy, your time, your efforts, your anxiety, your worries, your concerns over things that are temporal. Just think of our work week. What's involved in your work week? 60 hours, maybe? Relative to your devotional week. Half an hour a day? I want to tell you something. I love the river. I grew up on the St. John's River. I love the ocean. I think the ocean's great. I spend a lot of time around water. It's one of my favorite things to do. Tomorrow, actually, I'm going to spend some time on the water. Very excited about that. But I remember one Sunday before church, I was putting on my bathing suit, getting ready to head out to the ocean, when my dad caught me in the door and he said, Hey, where are you heading? Looks like you're not going to church this morning. I said, no, I'm not. I'm going, to head, I'm going to head to the ocean. He said, really? I said, yeah, I'm going to worship God out at the beach. He said, really? I said, yeah. He said, well, just make sure that you're worshiping God and not the ocean. You know what he was saying to me? Was I, he had a feeling that I might love the water more than I love the one who made the water. Maybe I love the lake more than I love the one who made the lake. Jesus is saying to you and I, maybe you and I love our work. Maybe we love our struggle in life a bit more than we love being with him. What is your thought life? What is your emotional life consumed with? If it's less than Jesus... Jesus commands us that that must change. That He is the bread of life. And not just life itself, but that He is eternal life. And He says it for this reason. At the back half of this 27th verse. For on him, Jesus speaking of himself, for on him the Father has set his seal. What could that mean? Jesus gives a command, feed upon me. Don't work for bread that perishes, but work for the food that I can give you, which is food unto eternal life. I can give you this food. Why? Because the Father has set his seal on me. In other words, because the Father has approved of me. The Father validates me as the one to give you the command. The Father has put his seal on me that if you will put your faith in my command on you, then your life too will be validated by my validation. You see, you and I can either stand alone and look to be validated on our own and look to seek life on our own terms, or we can believe Jesus and be validated by who He is and seek life on His terms. And Jesus claims by command that His validation is better than our validation of ourselves. And so the question becomes, will we believe that? And then the story goes on further. They ask him then, 
what must we do to do the works of God? Very curious answer here. Jesus says the work of God is this, is that you believe on him who he sent. That's it. I don't have to go to Ethiopia. I I don't I just have to, to believe. Well, if you've ever struggled with really turning your life totally over to the validation and the seal of who Jesus is, then you understand that that's not such an easy chore. Right? That that takes prayer. That takes a lot of prayer and a lot of circumstances to say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you in this circumstance more than I trust myself. Jesus, I'm going to trust what you say about me more than what other people say about me. Jesus, I'm going to turn my checkbook over to you and run it your way instead of running my checkbook over my way. Jesus, I'm going to turn my career over to you and let you work out my career more than the way that I would work it out. You see, Jesus, I'm going to believe that you really are the sustenance and you are the one in charge and you are the one who tells me the way that I should live more so than the wisdom of the world. That I'm going to live, actually, Jesus, in contrary to the way the world tells me to live and in full agreement in the way that you tell me to live. That takes faith. And that faith only comes by reading His Word, praying through His Word, and then applying His Word to your life. If those three things do not happen, then you're not working within the faith to do the works of belief. It's just belief. It's just not an assent to, I believe something. I believe that Lee has the title of my wife. We have a marriage certificate to say she and I are legally married. I believe that. It's a whole different proposition to say my faith, though, is in her as my wife. You see the difference? Ted is a contractor. Ted Fuhrer, if you need a good contractor, let me recommend Ted Fuhrer to anybody. And every other contractor in here that's a good contractor. But I'm picking on Ted. So Ted's a great contractor. I believe that Ted's a contractor. I've watched him build things. It's a whole lot different, though, for me to say, I have faith in Ted as a contractor that I'll hire him to build my house. One is just an assent to a reality that he is a contractor. The other is an application of faith that I believe that he's a contractor. Many of us say to Jesus, oh, Jesus, I believe that you're the Lord. I'll even stand up in front of church and say, you're the Lord of life. I'll get me a bumper sticker that says, you're the Lord. But don't ask me to assent to the principles that you lay out on the way I should live, because that's contrary to the logic of the world. You see, one is an assent to a reality, and the other is faith that says, I'll live in the reality of who you are. And that's what Jesus' command here is. They say, what must we do? And Jesus says, you must believe on him who he has sent. So rationally, they ask this question, then what sign will you do 
that we may see and believe. What are they asking for? They're asking for him to validate his validation. What sign are you going to give me that I should trust in you and your command to not work for the bread that perishes? How often do we do the very same thing? God, give me a sign. Perform a work for me. And then they relate it to this. Okay, this is how God has done in the past. Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness and has written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And here's what Jesus says is his validation. Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but my Father gives you bread from heaven. For the bread from heaven that God is, is him who came down from heaven and gives life to this world. You see what Jesus is saying? Here's my validation. My validation is my Father. My validation is the Holy Spirit. We talked about this last week. In the Levitical law, God gives the law that in the testimony of two or more witnesses, the reality exists. And Jesus says, one of my witnesses is my Father. And the other witness is the Holy Spirit. There are many other witnesses like Moses, Abraham, Elijah, David, John the Baptist, Several other witnesses. But Jesus doesn't just rely on their validation. He goes to the highest validation of all and says, I tell you the truth, the reason you should listen to my commands is I am the Son of God. God the Father validates me and God the Holy Spirit validates me as God the Son. They are my testimony. They are my witness. They are the reason you should believe in Jesus. So they said to him, Sir, give us this bread. And Jesus says this promise. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. Jesus gives the invitation for belief to you and I this morning. When Jesus claims to be the bread of life, Jesus is saying to you and I, I am the sustenance of all things. I am the one who is eternal. I am the one who can give you eternal life. I am the one who is more important than that which perishes because what I can give you will never perish. I am the promise of life and life abundantly. And he gives us this invitation to believe. For I have come down, verse 38, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Now let me alleviate a confusion that some may get, that somehow 
that there's eternal life, and but that eternal life doesn't start to the last day. Paul would teach us later on that to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. Jesus says to the thief on the cross, Today you will be with me in paradise. What Jesus is saying is once we rely on Him and we have His validation, we at that moment become eternally His and eternally alive before Him to be eternally present with Him always and forever. And on the last day, our corrupt bodies will be raised incorruptible, reunited with our spirit, and we shall live fleshly in a glorified flesh like the body that Jesus returned in forever and ever to eat and feed with Him upon the bread of life. And Jesus says, this is the assurity that I can give you. This is the promise that I can give you because I lay down my life for you. You can have this same eternal, abundant life if you will believe. In fact, the life you live now in your flesh begins your eternal progress towards the day of my return so that you and I can be assured of this, that in every circumstance, in every gap between the second hand on the the clock, Jesus fills it with His dominion over your life. And therefore, Every place you go, everything you do, every circumstance you're in, everything that you face, the bread of life is there with you saying, I will provide, I will provide, I will provide. Live with me first. Forty-one, the Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread of life. Grumbling is not a hard thing to do, is it? It comes quite naturally to many of us. What are they grumbling about? Well, they're grumbling about the same thing that you and I might grumble about. You really want me to live this way, Jesus? This doesn't make sense. What if I lay down control over my own life? What will happen? You're saying something here, Jesus. You're asking me to live in a way that is totally contrary to any way any human has ever taught me. You're asking me to reprioritize my life. It's a microphone. In a way... That makes no sense to Wall Street. You're asking me to do things, to surrender things, to place on hold things that I think are great and make them uh, secondary to who you are. You have just equated yourself with God. Jesus says, yeah, I have. I don't know why we think he was crucified. I don't know why we think the the Jews got so upset. They didn't get upset because a super angel had walked into the room. 
They didn't get upset because a lunatic was saying a few things. They didn't throw rocks at someone who thought he was crazy. They got incredibly angry at someone who would come into a room and say, I am God and I'm telling you to live a different way. I'm offering you an invitation to believe. And that same God, Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is in this room right this moment with the same command, the same promise, and the same invitation to believe. Will you grumble? Will you say, validate yourself to me? Show me a sign. Will you say, I'll do it on my own? What must I do? Or will you say, yes, Jesus, I will submit and I will live in the seal of you as the Son of God. I will pray, Lord, how would you have me live? I will seek, Lord, in your word, the precepts and the concepts that you would have me apply to my life. Lord, I will continue to knock on the door of your heart to say, Lord, I want to know your face. And Lord, whatever comes out of that, whatever the fallout of that is, I surrender and I submit to living that way because you are the Son of God and I believe that you are the bread of life and I will feed on you before I feed on anything else. Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves, because no one can come to me unless the Father sent me, who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. As it is written, And they will all be taught by God, and everyone who has heard and learned from the Father will come to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the Son of God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever believes in me has eternal life because I am the bread of life. It's what makes our communion meal more than just a memorial. When we come to this table this morning, we are doing more than just assenting to Jesus established a Last Supper. We are applying our faith to a promise that Jesus has made that He will be our life. And we are in agreement with that. And so we come and we feed upon Christ, spiritually speaking. We drink from Christ in the acknowledgement of and the faith placement of, Jesus, I believe that You really are the bread of life, that You really are the living waters, that I really will drink from You and I will eat of You and my life's provision, my life's statement, my life's identity, everything comes from You and I am in agreement with that as I come forward and I take from the hand of the Spirit of God the bread of life and ingest it as my very own. It's much more than, yes, God, you and me and a piece of bread. You and me, God, in my little one-by-one corner here on the pew. It's much more than that. It's you and I joining together as sons and daughters 
as fellow believers, with all the believers that have gone before us and the believers that will come after us, saying we believe that the promise of Christ is true. And that we will live in light of the promise of Christ. And we will show the world that there is a worthier place to believe in than the world itself. That you and I will operate our lives in a way that is contrary to the world. But in agreement with the throne of God. Is that really crickets I hear? Okay, I just want to make sure you guys are it too. Maybe that's a sign. What would God do with a group of believers? I said, yes, Jesus. Just give us our command. Tell us where to go. Give us our command. Tell us what you need us to do. Give us our command. And we, will, we will go up into the gates of hell and knock them down on your behalf. Lord, we'll love the community that you have placed us in. We will bring this transforming life to others. We will spread the bread of life to every nook and cranny of the world. We'll go into the community with crumbs if we have to and say the crumbs will multiply by the power of God. We won't be afraid. We won't think of the world's resources. We'll understand the resources of the throne of heaven. We'll understand that the one who fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, or five fish and two loaves, or whichever, I'm lost now, whichever one it is, but miraculously fed people and produced food as though he was a machine of food and bread. We'll trust that one more than we'll trust First Bank. Really? Live that way? Yes. Really live that way. We might fail. Yes. But God will not. We might become fools. Better to be a fool for Christ than wise in the eyes of men. We might stumble and we might learn. We might get tired and we might enter the Sabbath rest. Why should we live that way? The only validation is this, because the Son of God has commanded you and I to live that way. He is the bread of life. Are you hungry this morning? Do you want a life filled with the power of God? Then you and I must feed upon God Himself. If you prefer of life, a food that is like cotton candy, it vanishes the moment you touch it then you will live a life of futility and frustration until you die. Come this morning and feed upon Jesus. Understand the promise that He's making you. Believe. Let's pray.